Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Uh, we are in the middle of the All-Star break right now. It's kind of a sad day. This is the day after the All-Star game, and there is just zero baseball. Uh, it's actually one of the most dead sports days of the year. I think this is the day that they put the ESPYs uh, on ESPN just because there's literally no sports going on. I guess unless you're watching WNBA action, I should I should apologize if you're a WNBA fan. But other than that, I guess uh, summer league NBA. Um, but other than that, I mean, if you're if you're a baseball fan, there's not a lot going on on this day. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of Braves content. I hope uh, you appreciate that at least. I know I like to look back at uh, the draft, and that's what this podcast episode is going to be covering: the Braves draft. Uh, I will give you guys probably another episode here in a, a day or two, uh, just covering the All-Star game a little bit. Of course, we had a lot of Braves in the All-Star game, which was really cool. And, uh, of course, also just previewing uh, the second half of the year that is coming up. Uh, I definitely want to get into uh, some of the targets the Braves might be uh, might be targeting for uh, for trades. I think there's a few names that could be interesting for the Braves in the coming weeks and of course some of that will be as certain teams get further from playoff contention then you really get some more clarity as to who might be available but still pretty fun to talk about that stuff and i want to bring that guy that to you guys here in the next day or two so please look for that as well but uh today we're going to talk about the draft and how everything went down for the braves i think i mentioned to you guys that i was hoping in the first two or three rounds of um, of the draft, I was hoping for uh, the Braves to take a position player. Uh, you know, I, I think the Braves have been really heavy with, uh, with pitchers over the last several years. And in their first three picks, that first day of the draft, they took three pitchers. <laughs> three, three pitchers and three right-handed pitchers, which was already coming into the day uh, most considered right-handed pitching to be the Braves' strength in their organization, they take three more right-handed pitchers. Um, and it was kind of an interesting uh, first day of picks for the Braves. Uh, the Braves take Hurston Waldrop with their first pick. Uh, and I'm going to get into not every single pick, but I am actually uh, pretty uh, pretty happy and pretty excited about Hurston Waldrop. So they take him with their first pick, and then they take two more uh, pitchers with their next two picks in the second round. One was a little bit out of nowhere. Uh, the other guy uh, was a little more, um, you know, in in line of being a second round pick, third round pick kind of guy. Uh, the second guy they took was Drew Hackenberg. He was ranked 200th in MLB's rankings. Now, again, I mean, these rankings probably don't represent where the Braves have them. And, and maybe that's where we should, you know, we, we can't know where the Braves rank these guys uh, internally. And it's not just about rankings because it's also about signability uh, and different things like that. And in the next few days, we're going to know, was Hurston Waldrop, you know, did did the Braves have to go over slot to get him? If that's the case, did Drew Hackenberg, their second round pick, who was ranked 200th, maybe he was, you know, an underslot guy and they're playing it that, that way. Uh, but that being said, you know, um, it was pretty interesting how the first, day went down with with three right-handed pitchers uh their third pick which was their compensation pick for Dansby Swanson signing being signed away 
by the Cubs was Cade Kuehler uh, from Campbell University, uh, Drew Hackenberg from Virginia Tech, their second pick of the day. Hackenberg's kind of interesting because every one of his older brothers plays uh, some kind of professional sports. You might, uh, if you're a football fan of any kind, you might know Hackenberg from uh, the former Penn State quarterback who I believe was drafted in the NFL um, one or two years ago. I think he also has a brother playing in MLS uh, and then another brother who is also a minor league player. So Braves definitely went with um, some uh, genetics there maybe on, on that second round pick. And then Cade Kuehler coming out of Campbell University. Uh, Campbell actually, their baseball program has been on the rise the last few years. I think a couple guys have been drafted out of um, out of Campbell. So Hackenberg and Kuehler are kind of interesting picks. I think probably uh, guys that the Braves feel like they can get into their system and uh, can, you know, some of their stuff might play up uh, a little bit once they, once they're in. Kuehler actually, you know, he was picked with the 70th pick. He was ranked 59th uh, by MLB. So maybe the Braves got a little bit of a steal there. Uh, but I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on Hackenberg and Kuehler, but I did want to mention them. Obviously, the Braves picking them uh, in the second round, they they certainly must be pretty talented and have a chance uh, to make some waves in the Braves system at some point. Uh, that being said, I you know as we before we get deeper into this draft and analyzing it, I wanted to think about what um, what to generally expect from Braves draft picks. Like, what are the Braves looking for? generally speaking, in most of the players that they draft and how this, you know, it helps me to think about this just in terms of some of the more recent Braves prospects that have come up to the big league level. Again, I think of Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, uh, Bryce Elder, Vaughn Grissom, A.J. Smith-Shawver. What what are some, some things that these guys tend to have in common? And I guess you could say some of these things are intangibles. I think intangibles are actually really big with the Braves organization. You could say high character, uh, whatever. But number one, I would say each of these guys are hard workers. Um, they're all team oriented uh, to some level or the other, you know. And as the, as players get up to the big league level, as fans, we get to know them a little better. Uh, and some of it is difficult, right? You're reading in between the lines in some ways through interviews. But also, as you watch a player, I think you can get a pretty good feel for some of these things. So again, hard workers, team-oriented, uh, generally solid dudes who aren't necessarily divas, right? It's not about them. It's about the team. And yet also bringing some confidence to the table as well. Um, most of these guys are very athletic, at least um, in several really key ways. Even Braves pitchers tend to be really great athletes. You probably saw that little um, snippet on AJ Smith Shaver being a uh, you know really highly regarded football quarterback prospect. Guy can throw the throw a football seventy some yards. Um, you know you have uh, a lot of Braves players are two or three sport athletes in high school, um, and even could potentially be so in college. Uh, so I think that's pretty consistent across the board. The Braves really value athletic 
guys, not just a guy who can maybe throw 98, but can do a lot more than just, just that. Um, I think most Braves draft picks have at least one skill that they do really, really well, a skill that separates them um, in a baseball skill. Uh, you know, not you don't see them drafting guys who are just, you know, 80-grade speed but can't hit, have no power, that sort of thing. I think you typically see them getting, you know, pitchers who have great stuff. Um, maybe the command is a little bit of an issue, but they have great stuff. Or um, position players who can really hit, and maybe they have some weaknesses at other places that that you can coach and you know improve in those areas. Um, but that being said, I think generally, especially in the draft, the Braves look for players who are high character, intangible guys. Um, obviously, those guys also have to be talented. But I also guarantee you that there are some really talented players in this draft that the Braves cross off their board before the draft ever starts. Uh, players that the Braves would simply never consider drafting uh, because they're self, self-focused. self You could say selfish. You could say jerks. You could say whatever you want to say. But we know that people like that out there exist in every walk of life. Um, and I'm sure high-level baseball prospects, there are certainly uh, a lot of guys out there just like that. So uh, that being said, I think the Braves definitely value uh, solid dudes. And um, that doesn't mean that these guys are perfect, but they're going to be guys that generally are going to come in, work hard, uh, have some humility about how they are trying to get better and be team-focused. And and we see that play out within the Braves system. And when you build a system that has a bunch of those types of guys, uh, you're going to see, I think you're actually going to see a lot more success um, and you're going to see an enjoyable product at the big league level too, which is certainly what we're experiencing as Braves fans. All right. So the Braves take Hurston Waldrop with their first pick. This is the 24th pick in the draft. Uh, Waldrop is known. He's coming out of Florida, University of Florida. He's known as having a great split change and a very high velocity fastball, a fastball that sits 97, 98 miles an hour, can maybe get up to 99. Um, but this split change, I've heard multiple people say that it could be the best pitch of any pitch in the entire draft. Um, so that's encouraging, right? Um, he also has um, a slider and a curveball. It's you know questionable if he's going to keep both of those other off-speed pitches but he definitely has uh, next-level stuff. The only thing that was probably keeping him from being a top-10 pick was the command could be a little spotty at times. Um, but Waldrop is definitely a prospect to be really excited about. He's actually from my hometown the, the, uh, in South Georgia. That I was, bo I was born in Thomasville, Georgia. Uh, Herson Waldrop is from Thomasville, Georgia. So a big shout out there. That makes me maybe even a little more excited about this guy. But another guy that the Braves are drafting out of Braves country. Uh, and I just wanted to point that out. You know, we know that the Braves typically do this. Um, we know Michael Harris is from Braves country. Um, I mean, you could go through a whole long list of Braves that are uh, from the South, but I really do think this actually matters. It's not obviously the number one thing they're looking for, but I think when Braves take players who grew up Braves fans, 
Uh, there's just a next level of love for the team, for that player, right? They're immediately just really thrilled, really happy to be a part of, uh, of the Braves. And I also think when you grow up a Braves fan, you, you know the expectations that the Braves have to win. And also, you know how the Braves do things. You know that this is a high quality organization. They take uh, you know, working hard really seriously. They, you know, they do things the right way, but they also have fun. Anyways, I do think it matters. Um, I don't think it's the number one thing, but I think it matters. Um, but anyways, back to Waldrop and some of his stuff. So again, he, he is known to have some command issues, uh, but tremendous stuff. Uh, a lot of people think that the command issues stem from having a fairly violent delivery to the plate. Um, and I do wonder if the Braves might adjust his delivery just a little bit to try to capture a little bit more command. So that might be something to look for if you've seen some of his highlights. He, he really falls off the mound, like I said, kind of violently, aggressively. Uh, you could compare his delivery to maybe a strider or another, you know, high velocity guy. It's going to look very different um, from some. And you could imagine watching his delivery why he might be a little inconsistent with his command but again he's getting uh, tremendous movement and uh, he has tremendous stuff based off of that delivery so you don't want to uh, change too much but I, I do wonder if the Braves might tweak a couple things to try to capture a little bit more command um, but I have watched a couple of interviews that Waldrop has given he comes across as very thoughtful uh, very team focused uh, and very cerebral, really thinking through uh, what he's doing on the mound. I think he, he did a lot of um, very specific mechanical things to create this really next level splitter that he has. Um, and, you know, I don't want to put too much on the guy, but you could maybe call him a baby John Smoltz. <laughs> so just in the fact that he has an electric fastball and a great split split finger pitch and Smoltz had those things of course Smoltz also had an electric slider um, and was a Hall of Fame pitcher so I'm not saying Waldrop will be a Hall of Famer but that's why I'm calling him baby Smoltz maybe he has the ability to be that type of pitcher for the Braves um, at least for spurts uh, he is coming out of college, so you might consider him getting to the big leagues a little quicker. But we also know that some guys, it can take a little longer. You know, Kyle Wright, it took, what, four or five years for things to really click for him, even as he was coming out of Vanderbilt as a top five pick in the draft. So it's not, nothing's guaranteed, but if things fall right uh, in terms of Waldrop, the, the Braves might have really gotten a great player here. Uh, when you look across the board at this draft, the Braves took 11 college pitchers out of the 20 uh, picks that they had, 11 college pitchers and only one high school pitcher. So you definitely see a trend with that. I think the Braves have come to mostly value college arms. I think um, this is generally true that, that high school arms are really hard to project and predict. Um, college arms, you have guys that obviously are two, three, four years older and therefore more physically mature. Uh, you can see what they have become fully uh, physically. Uh, college bats can also really tell scouts if uh, a guy's fastball plays up or, or doesn't, right? Just because you throw a 95 mile an hour fastball, it might play up and guys have a really hard time squaring it. 
or it it might get hit really hard consistently. So hitters can tell you, particularly college hitters, can tell you a lot. Uh, and this is especially true at the high levels of college baseball, especially the SEC. So that's, again, where you see Waldrop coming from the SEC and the University of Florida. There's a lot of benefit to that. It's like taking someone from high A or maybe even double A, and you can kind of go you know, across that level and see how good a guy is. Uh, in terms of the Braves liking college arms, I think you've also seen the Braves um, development team show an ability to take college arms and still be able to make them better, right? So it's not like you're taking this older um, college arm and the guy is what he is and he's not going to really improve. I don't think that's the case, particularly with the Braves and how they do things. This is even true recently with a Spencer Strider and a Bryce Elder, right? You see them both coming out of college and getting better in the Braves organization and actually being able to move pretty quickly through the Braves organization because of the changes they make. Um, all right, so then the Braves also took eight college position players and only one high school position player. So this was a very college-heavy draft for the Braves. I think you could say, okay, the Braves only took two high schoolers. Um, I typically, I think you can you can think of high school players a little bit more as um, as lottery picks, or you know, uh, playing the lottery is what I mean. Uh, you might hit on a guy and uh, he's a superstar, or the guy can flame out and never turn into anything. Where college players are a little more projectable. A little bit more of sure thing, you know what you're getting. Uh, so there's there's a realistic part of taking college players. Maybe you have uh, lower ceilings for college players, but um, but more of sure things. Um, so, anyways, would I like to see a couple more high schoolers picked for the Braves? Yeah, sure. Uh, but I do understand what they're doing here, and I am still excited by several players that the Braves took. So again, only uh, you, you have less position players being taken by the Braves, eight college position players, one high school outfielder was taken. Uh, only two position players were taking, taken in the Braves' top 10 picks of the, uh, the 10 rounds, I mean. Uh, the third round and the fifth round is where the Braves took uh, two position players. Uh, most of the position players the Braves took you could consider our like high hit tool kind of guys. Uh, I thought that this would be the type of player that the Braves would focus on, and it came true. Guys who can really hit, they might have some weaknesses uh, in some of their other areas, but the Braves feel like they can get them in their system and improve those things. But again, it's hard to uh, teach a guy to hit. Some, some of that, um, there is some of that that you can do, but a lot of it, especially by the time you get to this stage. Uh, it's hard to teach a guy to be a great hitter. So you got some of these guys who might be weaker on defense or might maybe they haven't shown great power as of yet. Um, but again, sometimes you can get these guys in a, a you know great brave system and uh, some of those things will start to flash. Uh, you even saw this where you know Michael Harris projecting to be a guy with power, but it didn't show up for a, a while. And actually, he came in with not a super high hit tool, and some of that progressed as well. But um, that being said, 
Uh, I think you've seen that with a lot of these guys this year uh, in this draft, guys with high hit tools and maybe maybe some other things start to click and they become really true um, big league prospects. You know, I've already mentioned this a little bit, but I just want to um, hit on it one more time. The Braves tend to lean on makeup, uh, high character, more than a lot of teams do in the big leagues. And I think it really is to their benefit. Um, you can just imagine how much more. So put yourself in the position of a young minor league player, right? You come into the minor leagues and I'm going to go in the reverse, right? You come into the minor leagues and you're trying to develop and you're trying to become a big leaguer and you're surrounded by a bunch of jerks, uh, some, some dudes who are just lazy, don't work hard, uh, coaches that are, you know, they're good coaches, but maybe they're pulling you in opposite directions in terms of, you know, their style of hitting or, or whatever it would be. Right. And your head is swimming with all this different stuff. And basically there's a bunch of stuff you're trying to overcome within your organization just to be a major league player. And I really think what the Braves have done is create an environment in which it's just generally positive. It's generally supportive. Uh, it's an environment mostly of good dudes who work hard and coaches that are all pulling in the, in the same direction. Right. And so when you create that, you you don't guarantee that everybody's going to turn into a big leaguer or a star, but you are encouraging more guys to, you know, to pull in the same direction and those those diamonds in the rough, if you will, or whatever, you know, you want to use metaphor you want to use the cream of the crop rises and it's more likely to rise in this kind of system that the Braves have created. So I just want to mention that one more time. I, I'm really impressed by what the Braves do uh, in terms of that. They might not always pick the sexiest pick, the most talented guy, but generally speaking, I think the guys that they select in the draft have a lot to do uh, in the minor leagues with some of these minor leaguers really becoming great players and great people who are going to be great players for a long time and not flame out because they're really talented, but they have no character, no work ethic, that sort of thing. All right, so now I want to go into my favorite picks uh, of the Braves draft, or you could even just say these are players that I think are particularly important to watch and could really turn into something. Again, the first one is the first pick for the Braves, Hurston Waldrop, right-handed pitcher from Florida, tremendous stuff with some command questions. If he improves that command, you probably have – a top pitching prospect across all of baseball. So someone to certainly keep an eye out on and to be excited about that splitter that he throws is really unique. Uh, it's actually a, become a pretty rare pitch in today's game. So if he can continue to hold on to that pitch and it is uh, elite along with a fastball that ha he has better command of so he can set up that pitch, um, it's certainly he's certainly a player to be really excited about. All right, in the third round, the Braves selected Sabine Ceballos. Sorry, you might pronounce that Ceballos. Uh, he, is a, he was actually a shortstop at Oregon. The Braves, when they announced him, selected him as a third baseman. And there's also some belief that if he's not able to stick at third, he would be a reasonable catching prospect. Uh, part of that is because he's not overly quick or athletic. Um, he actually has a really 
low grade in terms of his speed, but he has a solid glove and a really good arm generally. Um, that being said, he has a strong hit tool. Uh, he has uh, a chance to really grow into some power as well. He's shown a little, more, a little bit more power in his later years at Oregon. Uh, I'm actually really excited about this guy. His intangibles apparently are totally off the charts. Uh, he got a glowing scouting report, and I actually have to credit um, the ba the guys at ba Battery Powered for uh, doing their homework on Sabine Sabalos. But I want to read something from their website. Um, their, his JUCO coach, so he went to uh, junior college before landing at Oregon. So this is a quote from his JUCO coach who was just glowing about this is like the highest level character intangibles player that he's ever had so i'm going to read this it's a little long but i think it's all worth hearing about sabine Sabios. Uh, sabine was one of if not the most beloved recruits i ever had the pleasure of landing at um sorry saying uh, where, where did he play i gotta i gotta read this a little bit more um uh, San Jacinto, sorry, San Jacinto Junior College. Thanks for sticking with me here, guys. Uh, so I'll start over. Uh, Sabine was one of, if not the most beloved recruits I ever had the pleasure of landing at San Jacinto. He came in with a three-headed monster signing class of Harold Cole and Armani Sanchez, and Sabine may have been the most undervalued of the three. Uh, he roomed with Mason Auer, who's an outfielder now in the race system, and learned what it really what real work really was. I told scouts constantly, Sabo will be a big leaguer. His tools are off the charts. His head is in the right place. He is just, uh, he is just hard enough on himself to be humble and realistic. More than that, if I had a daughter, I would have asked her to marry her. I would ask him to marry her. <laughs> he is a special young man. Uh, Oregon coach Waz and company did a great job with him at Oregon. Honestly, how many collegiate players can get their coaches to jump and give high fives on home runs, rounding third base? Saba convinced me to do it, and he convinced Oregon coaches as well. Think about that in and of itself. The kid's attitude is infectious. I'll never change my profile picture because of who he is. He made me a better coach. That is high praise from his JUCO coach at San Jacinto. So when you read that, you do get really excited because it's those types of guys who, you know, there's there's a layer of talent, obviously, that's there. But it's those types of guys who typically are going to make it to the big leagues. And you got to really listen to those types of things. And I guarantee you that meant something to the Braves. So I'm excited about Ceballos. I, I think he's a guy who could do some real things for the Braves. All right. Uh, the Braves' fourth-round pick, Garrett Bauman. Right-handed pitcher. This is one of the few high schoolers that the Braves took. This guy is a massive dude. At only 18 years old, he is 6'8", 245, and can already throw a mid-90s fastball. He is, in many ways, probably a blank slate, uh, he, but an awesome physical foundation for them to work off of. He actually comes from um, Vaughn Grissom's high school. So the Braves must have some pretty serious scouts down there, um, but probably a project, right? This is a guy that probably isn't going to show up to the big leagues anytime soon, but maybe by, you know, maybe when he's 23, 24 years old, uh, he's turned into something, but just a huge dude with a big arm 
And I think this could be a guy that, you know, I think this is one of the few guys that Braves took that, again, high school guy that is um, a, a big project, but maybe could really turn into something. All right, out of the fifth round, the Braves take Isaiah Drake. He hits left-handed, throws right-handed. He's an outfielder. He's from North Atlanta High School. This, so this is the other high schooler that the Braves took. A power-speed combo guy. Right now, he's about six foot 180. But one of the interesting things about him is um, his brother. His brother is Kenyon Drake, who is an NFL running back. So Kenyon Drake, similar height, but he's more like 210, right, uh, NFL running back. So obviously incredibly athletic family. You can imagine the power is definitely going to be there for Isaiah Drake as he gets older. Uh, the short story there is he... Uh, could have chose football, but loves baseball. So, you know, could have followed in his brother's footsteps, chose baseball instead. So just really, I think this guy also is someone to be excited about. Uh, you try not to put, you know, Michael Harris vibes on this guy, but, you know, Atlanta area kid, um, lefty bat uh, with some power potential, real athlete. Um, and his brother, you know, this is, I think, a real benefit too. His brother knows what it takes to be a professional athlete. Uh, the work that it takes, all those things. So uh, I think Isaiah Drake is another guy to keep an eye on, them, eye on and be excited about. All right, in the 11th and 12th round, I'm kind of fast-forwarding a little bit. The Braves took two guys that I am also kind of interested in. Uh, Jace Grady. This, this area of the draft, by the way, I always keep an eye on. This is the area that the Braves were able to get Vaughn Grissom. You typically can you're paying a little more overslot in this region. Uh, so you'll get some, some talent, even though it's later in the draft. Um, and it seems like the Braves target some position players that they really like in this area of the draft. So I'll just say that. Anyways, Jace Grady, he's an outfielder from Dallas Baptist, was taken in the 11th round. And then Brady Day, who's a second baseman from Kansas State, was taken in the 12th round. Both of these guys seem to be, be really great hit tool kinds of guys with um, high average, high on base percentage. Uh, Grady, taken in the 11th round, is probably a little closer to a four or five tool player. Uh, really good base dealer, good defense. Average power, uh, can definitely hit you some home runs, but again, is more of a high average guy. Lots of doubles, um, that, that sort of guy. So, I mean, I can definitely see him turning into something uh, for sure. And then Brady Day, Kansas State, this this dude can just flat out hit. Not a ton of power, um, but maybe if the power comes a little bit more, it starts opening up his potential to be a big leaguer. I always think of guys like Marcus Giles when, when I hear about a guy like Brady Day, right? Can just hit um, at, you know wherever he is, and if a couple things go right, he could turn into a big leaguer. Two more intriguing players that I want to mention. The seventh round, Justin Long. He's a right-handed pitcher out of Rice. Um, these are in intriguing for, and you'll you'll know why as I'm mentioning these guys. So Justin Long was recently converted from a catcher to a pitcher. Uh, he can already throw mid 90s as a fastball. So there's not a lot of track record the Braves can go off with this guy, but he will. He has real real arm talent. The Braves uh, could take him. He's basically a blank slate, and the Braves could take him and mold him into a pitcher. So 
could be nothing. He could may he may never do anything, or he could turn into something pretty exciting. All right, and then there, I believe he was a tenth rounder, and I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. But uh, he's from Canada with a little bit of a French name, <laughs> Pierre Oliver Boucher. I can't see Boucher without thinking Bobby Boucher, water boy. So <laughs> sorry, but anyways, Pierre Oliver Boucher, outfielder from Canada. He actually went to um, Southern Illinois University. He's already 23, so he's very old for a guy being drafted in the major league draft. But he's very interesting because he recently gave up hockey to become a baseball player. So uh, even though he's a little older, he hasn't been playing baseball um, consistently for a long time. Uh, so it does make me wonder. He's Again, here's a two-sports type of athlete with a lot of ability and, um, you know, Braves buying low on, on a guy that could become something. Good power-speed combo in this guy. So just another interesting dude who would be kind of cool if, if he uh, turned into uh, something for the Braves. All right, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys, obviously, I kind of glossed over or didn't talk about. Again, I really didn't talk about the Braves' uh, second-round pitchers very much. Um, and there's a lot of talent in this draft that is worth diving into a little bit more and being excited about. But generally speaking, you know, when I look at this draft for the Braves, I think it really does help to replenish the Braves system. We know the Braves system is is lowly, lowly ranked at the moment. Um, but I think this fills the, the lower levels of the Braves minor league system with a lot of solid players and especially in terms of um, the position players that they took, a lot of solid hitters um, that could show some things uh, at the lower minor league levels at least. We have a few high-level pitchers that the Braves took and just some guys to dream on and I think could really turn into something down the road. Uh, you've got, in terms of position players, a lot of high-hit tool guys. Uh, all these players, I think, come across as high-character, hard-working guys, guys that really fit that mold of what the Braves look for that I mentioned earlier. Um, most of these pitchers, uh, they might have some warts and wrinkles, but they all seem to have really good stuff that the Braves are hoping to get into their development program and hopefully can mold into some really good pitchers and maybe some guys with some unrealized potential that um, in this Braves minor league system that is known to be one of the best in baseball to develop players, you get a few uh, diamonds in the rough that could really turn into some great players for you. Just as a reminder, you know, the Braves now also get to play in the international signing pool and uh, it's likely that a lot more position players can come from that. So I do think the Braves tend to build up their pitching staff a little bit more, their pitching depth through the big league draft and a little bit more on the uh, position player side of things through the international draft. So don't forget that. This isn't the only way that the Braves can build their farm system. And, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting to think about. We could have some minor leaguers going out of the system as the uh, trade deadline is approaching, uh, but we'll obviously have to just wait and see on that one. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this edition of State of the Braves. It's always fun to talk prospects and the Braves draft. And uh, hopefully some of these guys turn into some great Braves in the future. We wish them all well. I will talk to you guys soon. See you.